0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 314. When I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and I could say I've used everything you gave me. Irma Bombeck once said this, and I kind of want to know, when you think of today... If you were at the end of your life, could you say that what you're doing today is using every bit of talent that you have? Chances are the answer is no, and you're busy with school drop offs or taking care of your children or hustling on your business. But I want to talk to you about your biggest, juiciest goals for a second. When you think of that one thing that you'd love to accomplish if you had all the time and money and resources and confidence to do it, what would it be? Is it writing a best-selling crime novel or a memoir of your life? Is it opening a gluten-free bakery or a local bookstore? Is it becoming a speaker to help others break through similar roadblocks you've faced and conquered? We all have that thing, that one that sits calmly in the back of our minds waiting to be tapped into, maybe someday. The most robust ambition above all the rest of our ambitions that if we're totally being honest, many of us have just resigned to being just a great idea and only a great idea. There's too much in the way for it to really come to fruition. So you let it sit and wait and occasionally it reminds you tap, tap that it's there and it's sitting and it's waiting for you to take action and turn that idea into a reality. We're often reminded of our one big dream when we see others going for theirs, right? It's like, man, that person, they're really doing it. They're going for it. And maybe just maybe I could go for mine too. The thought likely enters and then wish it's carried away by the voices of insecurity and responsibility and doubt and maybe even voices of family members or mentors who have told you before that something you desire just isn't possible or logical. You maybe start thinking, I don't have the time. I can't possibly add another thing to my plate. That would be selfish if I went for that. I don't know where to start. I'm too far into my life and career to begin. I've missed my chance. I'm too old, too boring, too ugly, too fat. It's already been done. I mean, I've thought all of those things, but something tells me that the voice in my head sounds a lot like yours. That naysayer in you, it rears its head. And before you know it, you've talked yourself out of it once again. You mentally cheer on that other person going for their dream or get insanely jealous and shut down. And then you once again accept that it's not your own reality to ever do it, to really go for it. I like to think every single person who's accomplished something great or impressive or innovative has encountered these kinds of thoughts. In fact, I know many of them have because I've spoken to so many entrepreneurs and authors and doers and dreamers who have achieved their deepest aspirations right here on this podcast. And the one common theme amongst them is that not one of them had a clear, paved, well-lit path with zero hurdles, hardships, insecurities, or setbacks. In order to reach their biggest dreams, they had to push through those voices wanting to hold them down. And so many of those voices would say something along the lines of, it's simply too late to start. You waited too long. If you've been debating with yourself whether it's too late to start or whether you have enough resources or if something else is holding you back from gripping your dream and finally just going for it, I hope this episode today gives you a warm hug and a gentle nudge to simply start. I always say imperfect action is better than no action at all. Moving towards your goal and taking steps, no matter how small or messy or uncoordinated they are, that is where the magic happens. And I want to walk with you and encourage you along the way. So today we are addressing the five biggest objections you're likely facing while thinking about that big and beautiful goal that's been on your heart and mind. Buckle up. Get ready for a major mindset shift and for the push that you need to get your hands messy and to start doing the work.
1: You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher, will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on Honest Conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher.
0: You know who might have thought it was too late to start? J.K. Rowling, who was 32 years old, divorced, and barely making ends meet when Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was published. Or Julia Child, who was 36 when she first tasted French cuisine and enrolled in the famous Cordon Bleu School to Learn to Cook. She later published Mastering the Art of French Cooking at the Age of 50, followed by several more bestsellers and a TV show. And then there's the legendary Oprah Winfrey, who took a job as a news anchor in her 20s, but was fired for being too emotional about the stories she reported. At the age of 32, she channeled her tremendous empathy into the launch of arguably the most popular and impactful talk show ever, The Oprah Winfrey Show. These women faced hardships and what many would perceive as unfortunate circumstances that would have slowed most of us down or maybe even destroyed our dreams completely. They didn't have their careers figured out by the age of 25. They changed jobs, pivoted their platforms, and had to adjust their identities as they stretched into the women they were meant to become. Pretty sure Oprah could have gotten another reporting job and done just fine. And Julia Child was a copywriter and a spy in World War II before becoming a renowned chef. She could have gone on to continue writing or working for the government because that's where she had her past experience. And J.K. Rowling certainly could have found a job locally to make ends meet for her family. But the one thing these remarkable history-making women had in common, they each had this spark this passion and drive to follow where their hearts were directing them and the ability to shut down those thoughts that they missed their chance. And that was enough to continue on their path to greatness, to impacting hundreds of thousands of others and making a massive difference in the world, to pushing past the voices that I'm sure were roaring in their ears that they weren't enough, that they shouldn't do it, that it's too late. Let's talk about those inner voices that are talking you down from your big dream. I want to face those objections head on with you today. Have you ever thought to yourself, I need to take care of others first? Before you think I'm going to pat you on the back for being such an amazing, empathetic human, let me have some tough love for you. As women, we are naturally nurturers and caretakers. Like seriously, it's in our DNA and our ancestry supports it. In the early days of the hunters and gatherers, there needed to be people with speed and agility and social visual perception to be able to hunt and capture food. And men developed these skills because if women were to join the hunts regularly, the group's reproductive success might decline. A woman might be pregnant or nursing or capable of having children. So if she were to be hurt or killed, it would affect the future of the group more. So women contributed to the business of growing food and making clothing and maintaining shelter. This helped with reproductive success because they were at less risk than the men. And they just so happened to be caring for everyone and maintaining the home base for the group. Now, of course, times have changed tremendously since then, and none of us are out there capturing our food for necessity, but studies have shown that the instincts remain within our biological makeup. Women naturally tend to be better at taking care of others and creating an environment of support and care. It's why we make impactful leaders and managers and why many women are good at balancing so much on their plates. Obviously, I don't want to generalize and I know every woman and every person for that matter is different, but this is actual science and it just so happens that women are automatically inclined to put others' desires and happiness before their own. You might be nodding your head along in agreement with this. If you're a mama or you run your own business or you have close relationships and friendships, it almost feels as though we gain more purpose and joy to place others before ourselves, right? Like it's admirable. It's a badge for us. But when it starts to affect how you process emotions or plan your life or take action with your dreams, when you become a martyr to putting others before you, that's when it becomes problematic. It's okay to want to help and take care of others, but it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't be your entire identity. Of course, this is going to ebb and flow throughout your lifetime. I mean, moms with three kids under five get this. It's like, obviously, this moment in time will require you to lean into your nurturing side and put those little souls way up high on your priority list and your own goals and dreams on the back burner. But there also needs to be a balance. Your kids can be your world and you can ask for help sometimes or give yourself a few moments during your day to focus on you and your dreams and moving forward. Let me be the first to tell you, life is never going to magically slow down and you're not going to suddenly find yourself with tons of time on your hands. And a year from now, you will wish you had started today. Your family, they can absolutely be your top priority and you can work towards your goals. Like what a cool thing to do these things in tandem. And more than that, your desires and your dreams don't have to come last in the line above priorities. It's not selfish to find fulfillment and purpose. In fact, I would argue that you'll be a better caretaker, a better friend, a better leader, a better spouse, a better mom if you put your own health, happiness and future first. It's like the saying, like, you can't pour from an empty cup. If you're so drained from handling all the things and helping everyone else and solving the world's problems that you have no time to even consider you, then it's time for a switch of your priorities. And I know, I know it is easier said than done. I get it. But once you start to make that shift, I think you're going to find how much better you're able to serve others. You're going to feel calmer, more content with where you're at, and you're going to feel purpose in life. You'll likely be able to create space to take steps forwards towards your big goal because you're not focusing on everyone else first all of the time. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. When I was starting my journey with online courses nearly a decade ago, I needed a platform that could keep up with my dreams and support my vision and Kajabi came to the rescue. I've been a paying customer of Kajabi for years upon years. They are the only platform I use, trust, and recommend for online course creators. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that empowers you to build a thriving online business and generate predictable recurring revenue. Whether you're creating online courses, exclusive membership sites, or hosting subscription podcasts, Kajabi has got you covered. Kajabi will handle your transactions without taking a single penny of your money. That's right, you get to keep 100% of what you earn. Plus, you get powerful analytics. Easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates. The cool thing is, too, you don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. It's all about leveraging the right tools and strategies to grow your business, and Kajabi makes that possible. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30 day trial if you go to slash Jenna. That's K. A A J A B I dot com slash Jenna. Head to Kajavi.com slash Jenna and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over seven billion dollars. Now going off of that same notion of objection one, we have objection number two. I can't be a good mom and have a career. We believe that we need to put others' needs above our own. And maybe you believe that you can't simply be a good mom and have a good career. This objection is very similar and it's near and dear and a little overwhelming, to be honest, to my heart. When I was in Fiji at a recent mastermind, Tony Robbins looked me in the eye and asked me to share a little bit about where I am in life and business. Mind you, I was the only female entrepreneur in the room. And as I was talking, I got a little teary-eyed because I'm in this season where I simply love being a mom. And my business has shifted to reflect that so that I can focus on being a good mom. And I looked him in the eye and I said, I want to show women that it is possible to be a damn good mother and run a successful business that supports my desire to be a good mom first. Whoa, like I never thought those words would come out of my mouth or in that way, but that's really my heart these days. There is this belief out there among working moms, mompreneurs, and stay-at-home moms alike that we can't do both the mom thing and the work thing and do them both well. And I have to say, I've seen this belief get in the way of my friends' careers, of people I look up to in business and even a bit in my own life here and there. Before I sat down to record this very show, I nursed my baby and put her down for her nap. Like I get that it is hard and it's not going to be glamorous and it's not going to be this fine dance that is perfect all the time, but it's possible. My job is not to paint the picture that it's going to be easy because it's not, but it is possible. Like, especially as a new mom, I can see how easy it would be to give into this notion that you have to pick either be an impeccable parent and focus your energy there, or be Wonder Woman as a businesswoman to keep climbing to that next level of success. How can you possibly do both simultaneously? That's the question I hear again and again. And if I can continue being honest, This is a big reason why I feared becoming a mom. Like, of course, I was aching to grow my family and start building a legacy with Drew. But I also didn't want to sacrifice the momentum and the energy and the time I was able to pour into my work, which I also adored. Like, that's just the truth. I'll keep it real. My work life totally 100% has changed since having Conley. Like, looking at the last 24 hours, I laugh because being a mom and running a business is anything but easy. Like just today, I was at a coffee shop and I turned on her monitor from the coffee shop and I saw that she was fighting a nap and fighting with Drew. And so I just drove home and I sat in a chair and I just rocked her for an hour, just sitting there looking at her, holding her for an hour. I knew work could wait. And then she finally went down for her nap. And so I had the monitor humming in the background as I was working on this exact solo show outline. And I smiled because I caught myself watching her sleep and I told myself work can wait. And then when I finally put her down for bed, I got to work at 8 p.m. last night. And guess what? The Internet wasn't working and work. It was still waiting. It was still waiting. And the joy and the juggle and the struggle is all so real. And it's not easy, but it's also not impossible. I've outsourced more. I've cut my work hours in half. I've said no to a million opportunities and I've had to rebalance my priorities. But here's the thing. Having her hasn't slowed down my dreaming or my desire to impact others in tremendous ways. In fact, having her implanted an even deeper yearning to do all of that and do more of it because I want her to know that her dreams are valid and that she's worthy of pursuing them. Her goals are worth digging into and running after. Her aspirations are worthy and beautiful and amazing. And the best way I can think of to ingrain that belief is to show her, to walk with her, to guide her through life as I navigate my own career, family, faith, tragedy, growth, imperfect action, and all. I want her to know that she can do anything and be anything that she dreams up. And the only way she'll know that to be true is to see it modeled through me, to see me fully come alive, to stand in my purpose and my truth. That's not to say I'm going to be working 24-7 throughout her childhood and adolescence to prove that hard work pays off and she needs to hustle her butt off to get anywhere great. No, the whole reason I've slowed down after having her is to soak up these magic moments of year one and to strive to show her that you can work hard, but work doesn't have to consume your life. That you can build something that can run while you rest. That you can be strategic with your time and your resources and support so that you can continue moving the needle and spend time with your family doing the things you love. So moms out there with big dreams for your careers, just know that it's never going to feel 100% perfect in balance. There is a season for everything. And if you are in the season of motherhood and that is enough for you right now, let that be enough. But when you are ready to step back into your purpose, to put your dreams forward, I want for you to know you are worthy of that. Motherhood, if that fulfills you, amazing i applaud you today but if there is a yearning for more step into that there is no balance when you're a parent but striving to be present wherever you are whether that's working a few hours a day being a naptime warrior or an evening dream chaser or when you're just simply spending time with your kids when you are present in the moment that you're in It will help you to feel less guilty about wanting or desiring to do both because you can do both and your kids could use your example of gracefully showing up for your own dreams as much as you show up for theirs, couldn't they? Objection number three is this. It's selfish to pursue the things I love. Have you ever felt selfish for pursuing something that you love? I know these objections are sort of just piggybacking off of one another, compounding into one blob of all the thoughts that we have about starting or chasing our dreams. But it's because they're so ingrained in us as ambitious women that they're all sort of linked together, right? But this one cuts deep because there's probably no worse feeling in the world than feeling like you're selfish like a gut punch. When you try your darndest to be compassionate and welcoming and kind to others and knowing you, I believe you are all of those things. So when you step out of this zone of taking care of your family, of taking care of your team or your coworkers or your parents or your neighbors and all the other human beings that you encounter, when you pull back, it can feel a little wacky. Like when you start focusing and getting crystal clear on your goals and your future, the inevitable voices start rushing in to tell you that your dreams are selfish. You are contributing to the lives of so many currently and focusing on you for a change can feel greedy and egotistical. I am here to tell that voice of yours, that voice that we all have to shut it down That inner mean girl needs to take a back seat and she needs to do a pronto because you've got stuff to do and she's not invited. If there's a mission on your heart that you want to go after, it's there for a reason. You were not born and meant to live a mediocre life and the desires and goals that come to you aren't by accident. I truly believe that they're meant to be there, handpicked to be fulfilled by you in a way that only you can do them. You are doing the world a disservice if you don't listen to them and follow through on bringing those ideas to life. And trust me, it is the least selfish thing in the world to use your gifts, your talents and your dreams to help others or offer something meaningful to the people you love. And on the other side of that spectrum, it doesn't make you any less selfish if you become a martyr for your dream. Dreams and goals are meant to be chased joyfully. And what I mean by that is sometimes I see busy women with careers and families launching into a new endeavor and then making their journey seem like they are working themselves into the ground just to bring this endeavor to fruition. Like they're the only ones with a lot on their plate. They post about their all-nighters. They glorify busy and share that they spend 80 plus hours a week working. And let me tell you, there is nothing praiseworthy or glamorous for that matter about working yourself straight into the ground just for a goal. Yes, you'll need to find new ways to prioritize. And yes, you might be taking on more responsibility than before, but selling out to the busyness addiction in our culture is no way to chase your goals, especially if you've began by wanting to genuinely help others to share your passions and to make an impact. So while it's totally and completely unselfish to prioritize your dreams, don't make set up with being totally consumed by the need to become a martyr for them. Go after what you want with confidence. Realize it is going to take work and really damn hard work sometimes, but also know that nobody great gets anywhere alone. It's humble for you to ask for help, not selfish gracious for you to practice self-care, not selfish. It is practical of you to get enough sleep and to take care of your body. That's not selfish. It's a positive example and important for you to go after your goals. That's not selfish. So start believing it. Objection number four is this. I don't know where to start with my goal. Another area I see people getting stuck is when they're already on this really clear path. They have an established career or an audience or a routine or a safety net of a salary and benefits, and they aren't sure how to pivot or incorporate their new goal. They don't know how or what it would look like, and they're not sure if pivoting would be a smart move for where they're currently at in their business or their life or their family. It's just this feeling of stuckness, like how do I even begin to get started? What I say to that is just start anywhere, literally just start and then keep going. Earlier this year, I led a thousand entrepreneurs through the KBB program. It was insane and amazing. And one of the first things I taught them is to start leaving breadcrumbs. Take your idea, that one idea, that big dream on your heart and start talking about it literally jump on Instagram stories and talk for 15 seconds about it. Share it. When you start to speak these ideas into existence, when you start to honor the idea and share your passion with the world, it is contagious. And a lot of times what we do is we wait, we wait for everything to be perfect and lined up and beautiful. And we wait so long that by the time we even go to launch, if we ever decide to actually get our idea off the ground, people are so confused. They're like, wait, what? When, when did you start? Wait, what? I didn't know you were passionate about this. Start leaving breadcrumbs. Just start, start sharing your passion, start sharing your ideas, start talking about it, start posting about it, start living it. And just start because it is never going to go anywhere if you refuse to take the first step. And if you've already taken the first step one, two, three or more times and failed to continue on that path, that is okay. I see it happen all the time. It's like we carry this shame that because we've started and failed or started and quit or started and got distracted that we don't deserve that goal anymore. Like we shouldn't even try because it hasn't worked out before. But could you imagine Oprah saying that after she got fired from her reporting job? She very well could have. But the difference is, is that Oprah pushed beyond that fear and her lack of knowing how and just did it. She did the dang thing. And I know it is so much easier said than done to just start, right? But I am telling you and begging you to understand that nothing will be perfect. You're going to mess up. You're going to have to make changes as you go. You won't know how to do a lot of the things, but you will figure it out. That's why I loved episode 288 with Marie Forleo, arguably the queen of figuring stuff out as she goes. Her entire ideology is built on this notion of failing and falling forward, just taking the steps and doing the learning by experiencing the wins and the fails as you continue pushing onward. In fact, she even just released a book called everything is figure outable, which I highly recommend reading if you're stuck in the spot and not knowing how to begin. My advice, start with 20, 30 minutes a day, doing something that moves you towards your goal. Maybe it's emailing five people who can provide insider support. Maybe it's setting up tours to find an office or retail space for your brick and mortar business idea. Maybe it's reading a book about launching whatever type of business you want. Just do Something big or small to learn and grow and move towards your goal. You can start anywhere, but just start and then keep on keeping on day after day, baby step after baby step. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. I am afraid that other people are going to judge me. Maybe your fear in starting lies in the view of others. We've all been here, afraid to take action, to speak up or follow our hearts because we think we'll be judged or talked about negatively. And guess what? It might happen. (laughs) But please hear me well. Nobody, nobody can please everybody. And you will never be judged by someone who is doing more than you. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and that is more than okay. The people who you are meant to attract to your tribe and bring with you on the journey, they are not going to be the ones judging you or tearing you down. They're going to be cheering you on and lifting you up and encouraging you to keep going. They're also the only voices that matter when you're pursuing your dreams. Trust me, I know you have this idea and you're worried about what your sister or your college roommate or your mom or your husband is going to think about it. And that is holding you back from pursuing it. And let me just let you in on this. Nobody is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about yourself. Nobody is sitting there and refreshing your feed and waiting for that next post or criticizing your comma use in your last caption. No one is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. And guess what? Your sister, your college roommate, your husband, your mom, they are not going to be sitting at the end of your life reporting, did I use my talent or not? You are. What do you want that response to be? Of course, you're going to hear some criticism and constructive feedback, and you might want to listen to that stuff in order to become better. In fact, I really respect and appreciate when people come to me with constructive feedback in an attempt to help me become more aware or informed. That's different, though. That's different than people belittling or ripping you down because you're out for what matters to you. You are welcome and encouraged to shut those voices out, no matter if they're close family members or friends or strangers in the world. If you need to put the blinders on just to simply start, you are allowed to do that. You are allowed to have boundaries and pursue your dreams with a supportive backing. And if someone in your life is clearly being negative or unsupported, then I say they're not really in relationship to benefit you anyway. Self-serving one-sided relationships become very clear when we begin stepping into our purpose and achieving mighty goals. Let those naysayers and haters fall away and keep on your path with the confidence that you are doing what's right for you and you are the only one who can determine that at the end of the day. Objection number six is this, and I know you've thought it, someone else is already doing it. If you've powered through the limiting mindset of feeling selfish, and you finally believe that pursuing your dreams isn't selfish, but worthy, and you're able to block out the noise from the judgy spectators on the sidelines of your dreams, but then you hit this final brick wall, someone else, they've already started. Actually, someone else has already done exactly what you want to do. And so what's the point of doing it anyways? The point here is that if someone else is already doing it, I guarantee you that they're not doing it in the way that you can do it. They won't have your experience, your reason for starting, your approach, your drive. There is space for you to carve out your dream. That is, if you can begin to think with an abundance mindset instead of scarcity. I have spoken about abundance versus scarcity on this show endlessly, it feels like, because it is something I believe in so deeply. And it's a key mindset shift that I know will open doors for you where there are only windows or even just brick walls before. A scarcity mindset will keep you stuck with your shoes nailed to the ground, shrugging off your dream because someone else already did it. So it's probably what? Too late for you to start, right? You've thought this before. But with an abundance mindset, you have the true anchoring belief that there is always more than enough. There is enough space, money, recognition, joy, and opportunity for you to launch your dream, all while cheering on those who have launched their dreams before you. As opposed to scarcity, clinging tight to the abundance mindset allows you to worry less, genuinely cheer others on, and actually attract the things you want in an organic and natural way. Let the fear that someone else has gone before you set you free and challenge you to bring what only you can bring to the table. I mean, hey, look at it as proof of concept. It's working for someone else. What's to say it can't work for you too? So tell me, how do you feel? How do you feel? Like I hope if nothing else, today's episode helped you to realize that you're not alone in your uncertainties and fears about simply getting started. You're not alone in feeling mom guilt or friend shame or confusion about where to begin with your dreams. I hope you feel encouraged and ready to just start with baby steps where it feels natural and productive and healthy to start. It looks different for everyone. Just look at those ladies we chatted about at the top of the show. Oprah, Julia Child, and J.K. Rowling's paths are all vastly different with incredible feats that they've had to overcome. But the one underlying theme to all of them and any other person who's made their dreams come true is their persistent belief that their dreams are worth it. You are worthy of reinventing yourself. You are worthy of pursuing that God dream on your heart. You are worthy of exploring that idea. They're worth the bad days and the bad moods and the setbacks and the hardships. They're worth the incredible mountains you'll need to climb and the mindset shifts you'll need to make. They're worth focusing on you a little more in order to set a wonderful example of resilience for your loved ones. Your dreams are worth your time and your effort and your dedication to continue showing up because at the end of the day, that's what creates legacy. That's what will make you proud one day when you're wrinkly and old of the life well lived that you built and sustained and got every ounce of joy out of that you possibly could. At the end of your life, what do you want to say? I used everything I had. Or do you want to say, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. You are worth it, friend. So start going for it today. If you've been waiting for a sign, if you've been waiting for permission, it is not too late to start digging your biggest goals. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, get started.
1: Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast.